All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Tuesday, November 29th of 2022. A Tuesday, always uh, a little less DFS with no football on. Probably saddest day of the week for me. Football just ending. Got to wait two more days, but it's all good. We got a three-game NBA slate as well as a nine-game NHL slate on tap tonight. Rocking the FanDuel live final jersey today. Uh, got a funny story. I'll tell you guys about that once we get going here. But for those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the coaches here at SaberSim. This is a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS related questions that come in in the Office Hours channel. In our Discord server, if you're not part of our Discord, there's a link in the description below to get joined up. Highly recommend it. Always great DFS conversations happening every single day in the Discord. If you are new to SaberSim and just finding this show, there is a link to a seven-day, no-strings-attached free trial to try out SaberSim, get in on the action, and see what SaberSim is all about. That being said, going to get the app pulled up here. And then we are going to get going. Uh, I got to tell you guys my, my funny story. So, you know, I, I uh, qualified for the FanDuel uh, baseball live final this year, was was amped up, ready to go, looking forward to going to Chicago. Some of the other SaberSim guys uh, qualified, Matt qualified, Eric qualified, Giant Squid qualified. So, you know, was was uh, gearing up to, to go meet them and, and hang out. And then I got uh, I got sick, got appendicitis the weekend before. I think I was supposed to fly out on like a Thursday. Got got sick on a Saturday. Ended up having surgery on Sunday and wasn't able to travel. Wasn't able to go. But Fanduel was nice enough to at least send me the jersey and the gear that they would have provided for me there. So unfortunate. We'll have to uh, qualify for another and and go and meet the crew on a different season but unfortunate but it happens what are you gonna do so we're gonna get it kicked off today with questions coming in in the discord uh a lot of back and forth a lot of conversations happening in the office hour channel so might be a little slow getting to all of these as i just kind of read through them and and decipher what what everybody is asking but First question here came in by, uh, from Four by Grace. Said, uh, "Question: How can you set max exposure for all the players at once instead of individually? Another, I see members always toward the top, and I wonder what is the baseline that they start from. I have been pay- playing with the sliders and back testing, and the back tests always turn out better than actual game for present uh, present days. Is it more adjusting?" in ownership or projection and just leaving the sliders alone. Thank you. Okay. So let's start with this first one. So if you know that you are not going to want to roster any player, any individual player on any individual slate over 50%, regardless of their ownership, salary, et cetera, what you can do is you can come in here and put a global max exposure. So this max exposure in the build screen will apply to all players. And it's basically a uh, very, very like a quick way to apply max exposures all at once. So if you want to do that, that is how you do it. 
And then the second part of this question, you know, about, you know, seeing similar people toward the top of the contest, back testing, all that good stuff. So, so what I will say is that, you know, you say that um, running a build next day is always better than what happened the previous day. That is mostly because, you know, for instance, let's go back to yesterday for NBA 10 game slate. You know, when Slate locks at uh, 4 p.m. Pacific time, there's still a lot of pending news and guys get rolled out, you know, value opens up or uh, guys get confirmed starters, you know, starting rotations can be different than expected. So so by the end of the slate, Sabersim has all of the information and the news that was pending and has run Sims for what the actual starting lineups are, and all of these things that we don't know pre-lock, you know, what happens is then, you know, you late swap for the news, but late swap is only rebuilding the lineups uh, one time. This is something that, you know, late swap pools are going to help a lot with when, when that comes out very soon is, you know, you're going to be able to, you know, if you're on the pro plan, like you're going to be able to build 5,000 late swap lineups and be able to manage exposures and set min uniques. And, and that's going to be an awesome tool to, give you more flexibility post-build when news breaks. I think it's going to be a huge advantage to anybody that is using SaberSim and is going to be just an awesome out-of-the-park feature. But, um, you know, late swap is still good, and we're still capitalizing on the news, but you're not getting that big pool of 5,000 lineups. Every lineup is only getting rebuilt one time. So, you know, less instances for... Uh, the Sims to like find higher scores, you know, you're playing 150 lineups. That's only 150 instances that those lineups are rebuilt, you know, after lock Saber Sim has all the data can build you a nice big pool because you know, you're not playing every lineup in your pool. Right. I mean, even if you're building 1500 lineups, 500 lineups, you're only playing a subset of that pool. So, you know, looking at actuals in a pool post build, you'll probably always find uh, higher, higher actuals just, based on, you know, size and the information available next day. So that's kind of the reason why I, I, I wouldn't think too much about it, mostly just because, you know, everybody is in the same situation, dealing with the same news pending and uh, trying to adjust post-build. I think Lacewap Pulse will give SaberSim users a big boost and edge in that aspect of, you know, NBA Lacewap. All right, last part, you know, uh, I see members always toward the top and I'm wondering what, what is the baseline that they start from? Uh, and I have been playing with the sliders and back testing. So, so what I will say is that, you know, we run back tests for all of our slider settings. You know, whatever you see in the app was set here from a back test that we've done. We've gone into depth on, you know, what exactly goes into this with our uh, behind the Sims videos. If you're not familiar with those, I will show you those uh, really quickly here. So, you know, we did a lot of uh, back testing and kind of walked through the process and the conversations that we had, drawing conclusions, getting the sliders to where they are now. I know that, you know, Eric did a lot of work on that. Elijah did a lot of work on that. Jordan was uh, doing the videos and helping kind of uh, bring it all full, full circle you know, this contest simulation, you know, new default sliders, this entire series here from it looks like episode episode six to episode 12 is our back testing of the sliders. And, you know, 
the, this, this was like quite the process and we really walked through what we are doing, you know, from start to finish. So if you're really interested in wondering more about the sliders, I would check these videos out. But, you know, my, my point in, in, in bringing that up is that I don't think you're going to gain too much value from adjusting the sliders too much. You know, we've, we, we put a lot of resources into doing those back tests and figuring out what the optimal slider settings are for different contest sizes. So that's not something I would uh, think too much about. What I will say, you know, in regards to like seeing similar members toward the top a lot, you know, those members are probably maxing out, you know, all of those contests each and every day, entering a lot and, you know, continuing to just uh, hone in their process. They might've been playing for like a lot of years and have refined their process over time. I think that, you know, everybody is like on a different DFS journey. I think that, you know, just continue to exercise good bankroll management, follow the DFS profit plan, continue to ask questions, continue to learn, uh, consume content, and uh, hopefully you can find the right process for you and find like a winning process where you are the person that, you know, is, is somebody's talking about you up in the standings all the time. I think it takes a lot of time to, to get there. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty hard uh, along the way. So I don't think, you know, there's any secret sauce. I think these people have been, you know, uh, working at it for, for a long time and just continuing to grow their bankroll and grind it out each and every day. So no secret sauce. It is a marathon, not a journey. All right. Going to keep it moving here. And it looks like our next question is from Studewood. And he said, it looks like uh, somebody got back to him already, but I'm just going to jump in and touch on this. Say, good morning. Could someone point me in the direction of learning about the Saberson percentiles, what it means, how I use it when selecting my DFS lineups, etc.? Is there a video? So if anytime anybody ever has a question like this, want to learn like, just some basic principles of like what different things in the app mean. Our help docs are an awesome, awesome resource. Jordan does a great job with articles and videos for everybody to use. So if you go to sabersim.com support or, you know, follow the help link, that's where it takes you. Go down to our frequently asked questions. Go to view more. You can type in, you can type in anything in here. You can type in ownership and, you know, where do ownership projections come from? That's that's a question that comes up often. And then another one is percentiles, which which we just talked about. Which percentiles should I use? Um, you know, we we update these regularly. This was just up, updated over a week ago. Mm-hmm. I saw that our ownership one was just updated over a week ago. So you know, we mm-hmm. are always making sure that our help docs are up to date, especially as we continue to release new features. I think that takes us into a great segue for our newest feature that was just released uh, yesterday or or today, a little silent release yesterday, but is uh, officially up in the app today. There was a message in the release notes about it. If uh, you haven't caught that in the Discord channel, under release notes, uh, Jordan posted a message earlier today saying you can now filter your lineups post build i think it is an awesome feature and i would highly recommend checking it out if you haven't already i'm going to do a small uh quick demo for you here but basically you know what we're trying to do is we are trying to give 
people the ability to give the builder less inputs up front and more ability to filter builds post build. And the reason for that is because the less inputs that you have, the less effect you have on the Sims. So you're letting the Sims be more organic. And then you are able to come in here post build and do different things. So let's say that you want to uh, only play lineups above a certain projected score. You know, I want to do lineups where, you know, projected score is at least 250 for today's slate. And, you know, I'm going to go back to today's slate. Maybe I run like a cash build and kind of see what the cash optimal is looking like, come up with a projected score that I want to say above after that. So instead of coming in here to an aggregate rule saying my projections sum at least 250 as a pre-build input, what you can now do is run your build and then come into your filters over here. So we have this new filter icon. I don't know what I was testing before. Um, also, you know, if you end up trashing lineups, there is this clear filters and remove all lineups from trash. This will put all your lineups back in the pool if you're doing different things, trying things out. So don't be afraid to trash lineups and there is an easy way to untrash them now. So you hit this filter icon. You say, you know, I don't want to play any lineup above uh, less than 250, you know, we'll just make up a number. So I'm just going to come in here to the filter. I'm going to go projected score greater than. And then I'm going to say 249. Now what it's going to do is it's going to find all the lineups that are below that threshold and put them in the trash. And we're going to be able to see, you know, all these projected scores are now less than 250. This is just a number that I made up for an example. It is not a number that I am recommending. I have done nothing on this show right now to suggest that this is a good number. And, you know, it is really slate dependent if you were to use something like this, but this is just one example of how to use the post build filters. I think it is a really cool tool and um, I it, it is probably gonna be a huge time saver for a uh, large subset of people who come in here and we're just clicking the trash icon over and over and over for, for so, so many lineups. So really cool feature. And I think, you know, anything we can do to keep the Sims more organic is a step in the right direction. So really happy with this one. You can also come in here and name these and 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 save them. And then they will be saved under this dropdown just so you don't have to recreate it every single time. You can also add uh, multiple criteria. So if, you know, if I want a Sabre uh, score greater than 249 and maybe I want Sabre score greater than um, 85 or something like that, then I could hit save. It looked like all these were already above that. So, you know, I could, I could increase this and, and find the threshold for this, but maybe, maybe I got to increase this more. There we go. So now we're starting to filter out a bunch. Once I increase the projected score with the Sabre score, you know, we're, we're coming down to a handful of, of lineups here only 45 that meet that criteria but you know maybe you're playing like some single entries in three max and you want to kind of uh narrow down your pool this way i think there's a bunch of use cases for it and really excited to see what uh people come up with using it so gonna keep rolling here i think there was a second question from studawood and this second question said and it looks like john uh john stanger jumped in and and answered it for me but Happy to just touch on this as well for everyone else. Uh, 
So said second question. Also, is there an option? For example, I generated 5,000 lineups and exported my 150, but I needed 36 more. Is there a way without rebuilding to grab an additional 36 from my pool without grabbing the same or dupes from the 150 I already exported? Is that an option? Okay. So like, let's say, you know, you build your lineups, you're building 150 lineups, and then maybe you decide to like go hunt the lobby for some overlay end up entering a couple extra contests and um, you you want to enter unique entries into all of those as well. So like, let's say, you know, you come in here, you upload a new entries file. All you have to do is, is change your number of lineups to, you know, maybe you enter three more contests. Just, just go back to your saved lineups that you had. And this will be the 20 that you already built. And then you enter three more times. You just do 23. It'll just add the next three available uh, lineups to the bottom down here. So these three probably were not in our pool and now they are. And those just come from the pool of available lineups. Nothing else changes. Your first 20 are still intact. And then I would just fill them the same way that you filled them before with those additional three. And then you should be all set there. So quick one there. Um, and then uh, we are going to keep it rolling. You know, one thing I did want to touch on, you know, something I've been, uh, Something I've been thinking about, you know, a little, a little more, and um, this question kind of, kind of leads me uh, in, in, in this direction, uh, down this, down this path. So, um, I, I, something, ever since the men uniques have come out, I've, I've been thinking about, you know, the way that we um, normally fill entries, and I'm, I'm happy to hear any feedback from anybody on this because. This is something that I've kind of just thought about uh, recently and and started to uh, implement. So so before, you know, we would build lineups and we would suggest filling them with unique random. And the reason for that is because SaberSim only understands expected value and doesn't understand risk management. So a lot of times, you know, you're building maybe like 150 lineups here, right? So I think a good example would be like somebody who's in like the 50-ish percent range, maybe like Julius Randle. So a lot of times, you know, Julius Randle is in 82 of our 150 lineups, but Saberson thinks he's a good play. So you're going to see Julius Randle in the top like 75 lineups more than you're going to see him in the... 76 through 150 of your lineups because Saber Sam is like thinks he's a good play, so he's just gonna put them in like all the top lineups, right? Well, that's not great for your like contest exposures because if you're filling with unique rank that and and you're playing like uh like 20 maxes and stuff, like your your first contest is gonna have like all your Julius Randall equity, and then your next contest will have all your Julius Randall equity. And then as you go down, the 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 lower contests in your unique rank are gonna have like none of him. So it's like kind of a bad way to to spread out your exposures. If you knew like you wanted to like play your highest dollar contests with like all of X player, you know, I could like see that being a reason for it. But but me, I wanted my contest exposures to closer match my um exposures in in my build overall so the best way to solve that was to fill with unique random this is going to put you know any one of these 150 
in any one of these contests and just by the nature of doing it randomly your contest exposures were would probably be closer to your pool exposure so um i thought it was a better way to kind of get spread out at the um exposure versus contest level so that's why we would basically suggest unique random for most people now that we have this been unique you know it's something i've been like thinking about like a lot if we are guaranteeing that you know a certain number of players are going to be different from one another with unique rank specifically it looks like we can only get to four in this example so we're guaranteeing that like four out of the nine players are going to be different from from one another i think it's much more likely that the exposures end up more spread out just because you are using the entire pool basically to do that you're not using like your one through 60 i mean we're going one and then we're jumping to lineup 16 17 34 55 so you know it's not like one two three four five six seven eight nine ten i mean we are using the whole pool here and like if you are treating your entire pool as viable i think that's great but you know you can all like you can you can treat the entire pool as viable and also value saber score at the same time those those two things are not independent and I think that that is probably best practice is like, okay, I want to treat all of my lineups in my pool as positive EV lineups that can do good in any, in, in this contest. But I also understand that the lineups at the top Saber Sim grades as better and thinks that they are better over the long haul. Now that you can guarantee that X number of players are going to be unique from every other lineup in the pool. I think that feeling with unique rank has a lot more merit now, especially if you're playing like maybe you're, maybe you're playing, you know, on DraftKings and you're playing the quarter 20, the $1 20 and the $4 20, that's 60 lineups. Right. And then you have three 20 maxes. I would probably, uh, you know, use this little, uh, cursor icon to to move the contests around and then use unique rank you know maybe like these are my these are my three 20 max contests and i put them in order from largest prize pool to smallest and i will probably use unique rank i already know that my exposures are going to be more spread out because i'm using the min uniques and then now i'm capturing that saber score uh like value and making sure that the highest saber score lineups that are diverse go into like my highest dollar and then the next one and then the next one you're much less at risk of having those really concentrated exposures because of the min uniques therefore i think unique rank is something that i'm going to start using more myself and that i will probably suggest to other people to use but happy to hear any feedback you know if anybody on the team is watching this or if any uh users or subscribers have any thoughts on this happy to go back and forth on it you know it's it's one of those things it's not there's no right or wrong but i think that unique rank makes a lot more sense with all of the features that we have been releasing so just a sidebar there and uh wanted to touch on that and and let everybody know what has been going through my head there all right Got a question here from K Polo. And K Polo said, 
I wanted to set max three players per team, but for one team, I wanted four players from that team. What is the best way to do this FanDuel? Okay, great question. So all you have to do, it looks like we already did a demo of this rule on another one, but we're just going to start from scratch. So what I would do, I would do a group automatic rule. I would say use no more than three, and then I would group by team. I would go to save as, down here where it says save as, save as manual rule. It will create a rule for each individual team. You save it as manual, and then you can come in here and adjust the rule for a specific team. So, you know, maybe I I will allow more than four players from Portland, but I still want three for all the other teams on the slate. I can just click into this Portland rule, change the use no more than to four, hit save. Now Portland, I'm allowing up to four, but all the other teams, I'm still allowing three. So saving as a manual rule allows a lot more flexibility on a team by team basis. So really recommend doing that if you are looking to do that. All right. Good question. So I saw a couple of uh, people asking in the chat. So so this show is, is at 2 p.m. Eastern now. We moved it around a little bit over the past month, trying out some different windows, but ultimately we determined that 2 p.m. Eastern is the best time for the show. Uh, we really like this window and we are going to be staying at this window for the foreseeable future. No plans on trying out any other time slots. So 2 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday, each and every week, we will be here. Just a side note there. And, um, okay, there was a little bit back and forth with uh Jorn Vigo kind of on the filters and um, it looks like that was taken care of between uh, him and Matt in the channel. So going to skip through most of that there. Okay. Question here from Strayface 23 said, how often are the NBA projections updated? The best place to see, well, two places really. So one, you know, you can always hit this update projections icon, and then you could see the last time the projections were updated. This is like a summary for any time a sim is ran. If you want to get more into the weeds and see what specific sims were run, the NBA lineup alerts channel in our Discord shows what sims are running and like, you know, Maybe we only ran a sim for this game, but not these two games. So you can go into the NBA lineup alerts, see when the sims are running. We also have tweets from Underdog, uh, Underdog's NBA Twitter channel where it shows um, news. So like, you know, you might see a message like uh, Paul George still out tonight. And then there might be a sim that runs right after that. And, you know, you can kind of make sense of, like, why Sims are running. You know, did injury news break? Was there a lineup that came out and is now um, confirmed? Are we running the final Sim for this game, etc.? So NBA lineup alerts, awesome channel, and should give you all of the information you are looking for. Okay, Snowman asked a question. Not going to be able to demo this perfectly, but he said... Can you show us how to do a late swap on NBA? So I can't exactly show it because the slate has not started yet. But I believe if you go to, well, we'll, we'll do two things. 
So if you go to our help docs, like we just talked about, and then you come up here and then go to late swap. So uh, video here, you know, how to late swap. When should I late swap? Uh, uh, multiple late swap video questions. And then if you click into any of these, there is usually a video where it is demonstrating it in an actual late swap window. So I would check that out if you're looking for like to see a live late swap. I'll do the best I can to kind of recreate the environment right now. But for, for an actual late swap, that is what I would check out. So basically as soon as the slate locks, SaberSim will automatically recognize that and toggle this late swap feature on. So it says, you know, the slate has not started yet. Are you sure you want to late swap? I'm just going to say yes. And the reason it is asking me that is because it is only rebuilding each lineup one time. So it's like, hey, you know, do you really want to rebuild each lineup one time? The answer is, is, is yes, pretty much. So what I'm going to do in this instance, I'm just going to make sure that I filled these. So, you know, I, I run my lineups. I'm using unique rank now. I'm going to fill them. I'm going to download them and insert them into my contests on the CSV upload on FanDuel, right? So so now I have, do I have 88 entries? That doesn't sound right. Oh, I, I think I know what I did. Well, maybe I don't know what I did. Interesting. Okay. So, so sometimes, you know, this is a great, this is a great example too. This is always good. Sometimes things get out of whack. I don't know why, but, um, well, all you, if, if you're ever having issues with your CSVs, like I know I had 150 lineups. So all you have to do is come over to the entries tab, go to upload new entries. And then if you hit this download template file from FanDuel, it will take you to the FanDuel upcoming page where you can hit download a CSV template and then you can come in here and then you can upload a new file. It will overwrite the existing one and then make sure that the new file is what FanDuel is indeed seeing. So I am so I just went and got a new file. This one got messed up, but I have re-uploaded it and it looks correct to me. So anytime you're having CSV issues, just go and get a new file. You're basically saying, FanDuel, show me what you have and then give it to SaberSim. So SaberSim is now on the same page again. So, okay, so like, let's say, you know, I build 150 lineups. I save them. Oh, that's why it's my min uniques. So going to lower my min uniques, save it, going to come in here, going to fill unique rank, and then going to hit download. So now I should see, you know, my entries look correct to me. They've all been filled. So then, you know, slate locks. Somebody asked this strictly for NBA. Uh, no, no, it's not strictly for NBA. The late swapper basically works the same for all sports. Anytime the sport uh, start time, the slate start time box, it will automatically turn on. And then, you know, I'm just going to hit yes for now. So, so what you can do, you can come in here and swap individual contests or like a subset, depending. I'm just going to swap them all at once right now. Whatever contest you have checkmarked, SaberSim is going to understand the number of unique lineups that you have and then swap that amount. You can come in here, adjust your settings, you know, manually adjust settings, which I don't recommend. Uh, come in here and do all these things. It's going to rebuild each lineup one time. So I'm going to hit late swap. It is going to rebuild each lineup one time and then give those to me as a CSV 
for me to be able to quickly download and upload into my contest. A lot of time, you know, starting lineups are coming out uh, pretty close to lock and uh, new games are starting. I think, you know, usually you got like a four o'clock, a four 30, a 5 PM. If you're on Pacific time and uh, you know, lineups come out like 10 to 15 minutes within those windows. So you, sometimes you have to act fast and try and capitalize on that news. But basically, you know, this late swap will run late swapper takes a little more time. All you do is you come in here, you hit this download new entries. It will give you a new CSV file for you to take into uh, FanDuel and re-upload. So pretty easy. Uh, late swap pool will be even more fun, but that is how you do a late swap. And if you have any more questions, I would definitely check out our frequently asked questions in regards to that. All right. A couple questions here from Stephen Wilk. I'm going to hit them both together here. So let me get both in the chat. Okay, let's get that one over here. Said, hey, Andrew, can you show us how you look in tonight and into tonight's NBA slate? How many uniques is too much? Okay, so, so I'm going to answer the second part first. So really, I don't think there is an answer to that question. It really comes down to your preference. You know, do you want to get as diverse as you possibly can? Or do you want to try and have some higher exposures to plays that you think are really good plays? So, you know, I think the, the most we were able to get to in this demo and, and just a side note, if your uh, rank values ever get out of sorts, all you have to do is switch to a different project uh, lineup sorting metric and then switch back to whatever metric you want to use. It is a workaround. Team is working on fixing that bug. But, you know, all you got to do is see how many mini uniques you can get. All right. So it looks like we can only get four. Great. So what do my exposures look like, right? That That is is the first question and you know if if maybe there's players that you're not getting to enough of that you want more exposure to you know one thing you can try is you can try and just kind of force it in you know maybe you're not getting to enough Steph Curry like no I think Steph Curry is really good and I want to get to more of him it says it cannot meet your minimum four uniques with the Steph Curry exposure that you input so what do you do you know you have the option of either dialing the Steph Curry exposure back to this number. It's saying, you know, there's only 30% of him available. Or you could say, you know what, the Steph Curry exposure is important to me and I'd rather dial back my min uniques to allow for that. So that is, you know, how you get to that point. It That is like the, the intersection that I talk about that you need to ask yourself what is more important to you. But there is no right or wrong answer. You know, some people use one min unique. Some people use as many as they can. It is totally a personal choice. Um, we recommend incorporating it into your process to spread out your variants and get different lineups. It is definitely a good thing to have lineups of similar EV that do not share pieces. That way, if one lineup does bad, that does not affect as much how good another lineup can do gives you more chances to smooth out your variance and have a bink score on any given night. So 
that is uh, my my spiel on you know min uniques. If uh, as far as how many min uniques are too much. Uh, quick question here from FSU Boy ninety two. I've got a few questions for lineup rules for NFL. If you got questions, get them in now, and I will jump over to the YouTube chat once we are done with all of the Discord questions. But if you can get those in now, I will make sure we get to them. All right, and then the other part of Steven's question, you know, can you show us how you look into tonight's NBA slate? Uh, I'm not going to do like a full deep dive right now into the NBA slate. We have done videos like that in the past, which I am happy to show you. So you kind of think of, you know, see like how I'm thinking about it, how um, other uh, Saberson members are are thinking about it. And a great one is with partner and high stakes pro Max Steinberg. So if you come in here, to our YouTube channel, just type in NBA up at the top. How to beat daily fantasy basketball like an NBA DFS pro. Max comes on. Him and Jordan did a really long video on this. We have a ton of awesome NBA content. People doing deep dives here. I've walked through my own NBA uh, process, you know, how I do some research prior to a slate there. You know, all things that NBA ahead of tip-off. So multiple videos and a lot of awesome resources there where we kind of do exactly what you are asking for. So I would check those out, go to the YouTube, type in a keyword and see what comes up. The I would definitely start with Max's video. Max is awesome and drops a lot of great uh, tips and advice along the way in that video. Okay, last question in the Discord here from John, and then we are going to jump over to YouTube chat. Haven't really seen that many questions coming in in the YouTube chat. If you got questions, now is the time to get them in. All right, John said, what is the general order of priorities that the builder uses for projection, ownership fade, correlation, and upside? Trying to see if there are any parts that I need to focus more or less on, given that the order could change the lineups. And then second part said... Okay, for instance, if fantasy point projection is the main priority, maybe I need to focus more on tweaking players' fantasy points for each build. Or if ownership is a super low priority, maybe I need to focus more on getting low-owned plays in when possible. Okay, this is a good question, John. And, I, you know, I will say that, you know, projections are probably first and foremost Mostly because what happens when you hit build? You come in here, you put your settings in, you hit build. We go and randomly sample the SIM database and we pull out different player projections. Players will score, you know, much different than this mean outcome. You know, Luka Doncic is never scoring 59.04 points. It's always going to be like a like a 0.5 or something like that. Uh, you know, this is just a sum of... of a mean of all of the values that he scores across the sim database, which you can see the range of outcomes here. So we go, we randomly sample the sims. We pull out the projections at that point. Then we apply multipliers in, you know, positive or negative sense, depending on a player's correlation and ownership fade, whatever those sliders are set at, we'll apply a certain uh, value metric, to their projections. So projections are always like the primary kind of input. And then the correlation and ownership fade uh, metrics are like a multiplier that gets applied after the 
sims have been randomly sampled and the projections have been pulled out from those sims so that is kind of the workflow i hope that provides you you know with some guidance as to what you are trying to do and if you have any more questions in regards to that just let me know but that is kind of how it it is uh designed in, in the workflow. I see, I see Josh said a USA one zero. Awesome. Awesome to hear. Uh, USA is uh, finally on the board there after a couple draws. Okay. Question here from Patrick, since late swap is not implemented for MMA, how do we go about doing a late swap? Is it better EV to do it after every fight? Okay. So for, for, you know, those who are not aware, DraftKings has decided to allow for late swap in MMA contests now. Uh, we are not set up yet to support it. We are working on it behind the scenes to get our uh, late swap tool implemented for MBA, for, for MMA. I am not certain that it will be ready before this weekend's card, but it is something that is on our radar and that we are working on and monitoring closely if DraftKings is going to leave this for a as like a long-term solution. So in the meantime, um, you know, how do we go about late swapping? Is it better EV to do it after every fight? So the big thing with doing it after every fight is you are able to, you know, take the actual ownership of the fighters and you are also able to take, um, well, I, I I didn't play last weekend, but I'm kind of aware, you know, you're not always able to wait for one fight to end before the next fighter's lock. There's kind of like a little overlay there where like this fight is still happening, but then the next fight, the fighter's lock, you know, in ideal world, you would be able to take the scores from a fight and then kind of work that into your process and be say, you know, okay, this person scored, you know, 120 points, probably going to be in the optimal. How much exposure do I have to them? And what am I going to need to do to my lineups around that? Or maybe you have none of them and then you need to get like off of all the chalk. So I think, you know, those are the questions that you're going to have to ask yourself. Um, I think that, you know, if you're able to like do that stuff on your own, you have, you know, your own, uh, tools to, to kind of do that. That is like a huge advantage. I know that we don't have that in the app. You know, you can, you can late swap based on outcomes, but you're going to have to kind of keep an eye on that uh, at like your own speed, similar to like how we do like for NBA news breaks. And then, you know, you're going to have to uh, go in and do a late swap. And then you can determine how your lineups are doing, whether you want to be uh, up the sliders or, you know, get more chalky. So like, those are the things you have to think about, but, um, you know, MMA late swap, something we want to support very soon. In the meantime, you know, it might be positive EV to play a smaller number of lineups, you know, focus on single entry and three max don't MME and do hand swaps. And I think, you know, until we support, uh, MMA late swap, that is a definitely a feasible strategy open to uh, more discussion around that. Okay, going to jump back to Discord. I see a couple follow-ups here and um, want to hit this follow-up from John first, and then I'm going to jump back to YouTube chat. So John said, generally speaking, 
Will the highest projected player from each individual sim always be the first player that's filled in first then, assuming exposures and everything is still met? Okay. I don't really think it works this way. Um, you know, we just like, it's not like, okay, this person goes in and then this person goes in and then this person goes in. It kind of happens all at once. So it's not like that. Um, I, 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 to be honest, you know, I don't know exactly how it works. Uh, I'm pretty sure it does not work, you know, one player at a time. But um, if, if there is like, a specific reason you are asking this, John, you know, throw that in the discord and then we could start a thread and I can ask, uh, I can take it back to the team and kind of ask Matt. But I think the more important question is what are you trying to get out of that? I don't think, you know, the way the players are selected from the Sims will be that um, important in like most things that in most adjustments that you can make, but I'm open to hearing like, why you think it's important. And then we can ask somebody like Matt who can give us more insight into uh, these type of technical questions. So going to put that one on the back burner and then let me know more uh, details about your question and what you're trying to accomplish. And then I can take that back to the team and we can get you some better answers because I do not have all the answers to the questions that you are asking at the moment. Okay. FSU boy 92 said, say, I want to play specific quarterbacks with their top wide receivers when i try and create a rule using primary and secondary i'll put like hertz and herbert in the primary and put aj brown Devontae smith keenan allen and josh palmer in the secondary but it does build my lineups accordingly okay so you know let's just demo this quickly for um like the main slate this upcoming weekend i think the best way to do this is with like an automatic rule so maybe you make a rule where you say you do a group rule. I would do a group automatic rule. And then I would say if at least one from, and then I would group by team and then I would do quarterback. So if at least one quarterback from a team, then use at least one on the same team. And then I would just do like a wide receiver tight end. Maybe, you know, you want to leave like the Kelsey's available here. Uh, so, you know, at least one wide receiver or tight end on the same team. And then I would add a stat requirement and then just do like my projection greater than 15 or like maybe like 12 and then save this as a manual rule. So if I were to save this as a manual rule now, I can come in here and then I can see who is being used in this scenario. So, so what I'm saying saying if, if at least one Tua, then use at least one of Jalen Waddle or Tyreek Hill. These are the two players on Miami that meet this projection threshold that we've set of 12. And I think, you know, 12 is a fine number. You're going to have to come in here and, and fine tune it to, to whatever you want. And then, you know, we can look at every single team and like, you know, these are like wide receiver one, wide receiver twos that I'm seeing, you know, Justin Jefferson with Kirk Cousins. So, I think some type of group automatic rule with a stat requirement on the backside is what you are looking for. I would try this out and, um, you know, spot check the teams in your manual rule 
and see what the players look like and if you are happy with them and then adjust the stat requirement accordingly. So that is how I would do that. Let me know if you have any follow-up there. All right, going to jump back to this question from Patrick. Uh, Patrick said, fighters are locked 20 minutes prior to their fight. Yeah, but I, what, what I, my understanding is that there were still fights going on when fighters were being locked, so you weren't able to like absorb the the point total outcomes from a fight to apply a game theory aspect to how you swapped. So you know, still still a lot to come there. I think there's like a huge game theory edge if you are able to build something and sit at your computer all night and kind of rerun optimals after after every fight. Okay. Patrick said, can you define what aggregate projections mean? So aggregate projection is like the projection of the entire lineup, basically. So if I were to come into a build that I ran earlier, and I'm just going to reset some stuff. So, so this projected score, this is essentially the lineup aggregate projection score. So if you were to come into uh, the aggregate rules, and so you go to lineup rules, you go to rule type aggregate. This is basically saying for the entire lineup. So maybe you don't want, you know, my own ownership sum, you know, no more than 150. So this is going to say that, you know, post build, when you run a new build and then you come in here, this own percent is never going to be above 150 or you're not allowing it to be over 150. So when, when that goes to the builder, the builder is going to build the lineup. And then if it's not meeting that threshold, it's going to get rid of that lineup and put in a different lineup that meets the threshold that you're creating. That's why we're kind of saying that, Hey, you know, it's better to, now that we have these filters, it's better not to give it as an input and instead use it as a filtering metric post build. So you can come in here, you can sort by ownership. I want to see what the lowest own. So 250% is like about the lowest. So like, say I'm playing 20 lineups. It's like, Hey, you know, I don't really want to play anything with an ownership uh, above maybe like 320. So ownership less than 320. So then now it's going to trash all those lineups, 136. I'm going to refill my 20 from the 364 I have available. And then, you know, now I have 20 lineups with this filter applied. It wasn't a pre-build input. So the Sims are more organic, but you're still getting the outcome you want of not having these lineups in your pool. And it is very easy to get rid of them now that we have this tool. Okay. Um, so, so FSU boys, you know, said it doesn't build my lineups accordingly when doing the rule, uh, the way you did it. I think if you just do it the way that we just demoed, it should build your lineups, treating those rules as, as uh, correct. So, I would definitely give that rule a shot the way we just built it. And then if you are having more issues, just write in to support and, uh, and you could use the report a problem link and start a conversation with our support team. And we'll be able to do a deeper dive on it. But you know, the way we just did it should work exactly as, as, as demoed here. So I'm just going to show the rule one more time in case anybody needs to jot this down. So this is a group automatic rule. If at least one quarterback group by team, then use at least one secondary player on the same team who is a wide receiver or tight end where my projection is greater than whatever number you set. 
and then save as a manual rule and then go in and spot check the players that are being used. So that will make sure that like, like you'll, you'll never get a Taylor uh, Heineke lineup because there are no secondary players to be used with him. So that is how the rule works. Give it a shot. And after you give it a shot, if there are any issues, let me know. Okay. Chris said, do you mind giving a brief lesson on how the sliders work? Definitely. This is the last question in our queue. If there are no more questions, when we are done with this one, we will wrap for today and be back tomorrow. If there are more questions, we will keep it rolling. Okay. So going over to our sliders. So how they, how they are set up is that we back test the sliders. You know, we already showed the behind the Sims videos. If you uh, are just tuning in, you can scroll back a little bit. There are behind the Sims episodes showing how we determined where to set these sliders at. The sliders change based on the type of contest you are playing. If you are playing a 100 man contest and it is a single entry, that is much different than playing a 150 max flagship GPP contest on any given night. Your lineups need to be, uh, you know, take into account correlation, ownership fade, and sim diversity at a higher rate than a really small field contest. These values still matter. These aspects of, you know, DFS game theory still matter, but not as much. The reason we are fading ownership at a higher rate in a large field GPP is because we probably need to be different from the field to get a first place score in a small field uh, 100-man GPP. We don't need as much ownership fade. We mostly just, uh, you know, according to our backtesting, need some some small aspect of correlation and sim diversity. What sim diversity does, the lower it is, the more concentrated your player pool is going to be and the more concentrated your um, exposures are going to be. The higher sim diversity is, the more players you're going to have in your player pool and the more spread out your exposures are going to be. So when you're playing more lineups, you generally want more players in your player pool and you want your exposures to be more spread out to give you more chances rather than being really, really concentrated over a large amount of lineups. So, so you know, our sliders are basically trying to balance these aspects of DFS game theory, correlation, ownership aid, the amount of players in your player pool and your uh, natural exposures and balance these things out based on the type of contest you're playing and give you the best lineups for that contest. Once the lineups are built, we will grade them post-build using Saber Score, which is our own internal lineup uh, lineup sorting metric. And it will take the inputs from the slider settings and use those as criteria to grade the lineups. And if you are sorting by Saber Score, which is default, the top lineup in your pool will always be 100, uh, 100 Sabre score, and then descending from there. So you'll be able to see these Sabre score values. So that is basically a uh, quick overview of how the sliders work. And let me know if you have any questions. HC said, nice jersey and good stuff today. Thanks, man. Happy to bust out the jersey. You know, I don't get to wear it too often. We'll have to make some more appearances with it. Patrick said, how many mini uniques do you like to implement for small two to three NBA game slates? Duplicate lineups are often found for small slates. Yes, definitely. Ownership is uh, important on small NBA slates. I will say that I am still probably going to try to get to as many mini uniques as I can, depending on 
uh, how many lineups I build in my pool and what type of exposures that I want to uh, make sure I get to. So sometimes I'm more opinionated than others. So sometimes I have to dial the mini uniques back to get to certain uh, combinations of players or to get to certain exposure limits. Sometimes I'm not as opinionated and I will try and max out my mini uniques. I, I will like, you know, do my research, write a plan down, say, you know, okay, you know, like X, Y, and Z players, make sure you get to them. Or sometimes I'm like, you know, no opinions, uh, get as diverse as possible. And I think that, you know, if you are going into a slate, don't have that many opinions, I think you should uh, try and get to as many mini uniques as you can. I think that is uh, generally best practice. But good question there. That was our last question for the show. My only note today is to get back to John in uh, Discord about uh, his questions in regards to how the Sims uh, are uh, picking players, etc. So, John, I'll follow up with you there in Discord. Start a thread, and we can get chatting there. Quick question here from Anthony. Can, can you have the flex position in NFL option for late games? Um, can you have – Anthony, can you give me a little more uh, – elaborate a little further on this one? Can you – so, so what I will say is that, you know, in, in, in NFL, the way it works is that if you have a player in a lineup, we will always put the player who starts last in the flex position. So like you build a lineup and it has, you know, uh, three running backs and one of them is Joe Mixon. The other two are Dalvin Cook and Damian Pierce. We will always put Joe Mixon in the flex spot and put the two players that start in the earlier window in the actual position spots automatically. Nothing you need to do on your end there. That way you have that late swap flexibility or the ability to swap them out if needed. Hope that answers your question. And if it doesn't, just let me know. Uh, Patrick said, are we on a regular programming schedule at 1 p.m. Central? Yes. So this show will always be at 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central, uh, 11 a.m. Pacific time. So, you know, always put the notification for going live an hour before the show, 2 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. No changes to the schedule in the works at all. We will be right here at this time slot. Okay, Anthony said that. Thank you. That does answer it. Okay, awesome. Glad I got back to you there. So good show today, everybody. We will be right back here tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern, for another great, awesome Wednesday show. Until then, see you and good luck in your lineups.